This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the state agriculture commissioner says she's definitely running for governor next year. I'm Nikki Freed, and I'm here to break the rigged system in Florida. It's corrupt, it's anti-democratic, and it's time for something new. Nikki Freed made the official announcement in a video on her Twitter feed. Tuesday was the start of Pride Month for the LGBTQ community. What better time for Governor Ron DeSantis to sign the bill banning transgender kids from participating in high school and college sports? It says that athletic teams or sports uh, that are designated for females are open uh, to females. And we're going to go based off biology, not based off ideology when we're doing sports. Hear that, transgender kids? Apparently you're an ideology, not a person. The governor also brought a woman from Connecticut to his press conference to complain about transgender athletes because he couldn't find any evidence of the problem here. Florida ranks third in the nation in the number of military vets, and many of them are dealing with dementia and Alzheimer's. There is no cure, but there is help. If someone has dementia or some sort of cognitive impairment, it doesn't mean that life stops. Life continues. Uh, people continue to live fruitful lives, meaningful lives, value-filled lives. And so I just want to make sure um, you realize that it doesn't stop once you get a diagnosis. Today on Sunrise in Depth, the VA and the Alzheimer's Foundation have some tips for coping with dementia. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the story of a naked Florida woman who was rescued from an underground storm drain. Again. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, June 2nd. This is American Indian Citizenship Day. On this date in 1924, Congress granted citizenship to all American Indians born in the U.S. This is also National Rotisserie Chicken Day, National Leave the Office Early Day, and Global Running Day. On this date in 1763, the Chippewa tribe captured an entire fort at what is now Mackinac City, Michigan, by diverting the garrison's attention with a game of lacrosse and then chasing the ball into the fort. It was called Pontiac's Rebellion. In 1851, Maine passed the first American prohibition on alcohol. No surprise here, but four years later on this date, a rum riot occurred in Portland, Maine. In 1863, Harriet Tubman led Union guerrillas into Maryland to free slaves. And on this date in 2004, Ken Jennings began his 74-game winning streak on Jeopardy. The Florida Department of Health reported 5,937 new cases of COVID-19 over the Memorial Day weekend and 97 additional fatalities. If those numbers seem high, remember that's a three-day total because no updates were posted over the holiday. Our death toll has reached 37,609. The total number of cases in Florida has reached almost 2,327,000. On the plus side, some 8,323,000 Floridians are now fully vaccinated. Two million more have had their first shot. State Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed makes it official. She is running for governor. Her paperwork was filed with the State Division of Elections Tuesday, and a few minutes later, she dropped a video on Twitter making the formal announcement. I'm Nikki Freed, and I'm here to break the rigged system in Florida. It's corrupt, it's anti-democratic, and it's time for something new. Like many of you, I've been underestimating my whole life. I was underestimated when I fought corruption as a public defender. I was underestimated when I took on the big banks during the foreclosure crisis to keep families in their homes. And I was underestimated in 2018 when I said a Democrat from Miami could be elected commissioner of agriculture. But we did it. We cracked the system and got to work. Kicking the NRA out of gun licensing to keep our kids safe. Restoring rights and confronting historic racism protecting our farmers and food supply, and cleaning our environment and addressing the climate crisis. 
So just imagine what we could do if we break the whole rigged system. We can end two decades of corruption designed to block your will and your ballot on healthcare, wages, education, justice, the environment, marijuana, and equality of opportunity. We can build a state that gives power back to you, an economy that rewards hard work with prosperity, not poverty or stagnation. Listen, this won't be easy. Those in power will do whatever harm it takes to stay there. But I've spent my whole life taking on the system. I'm unafraid, I'm tested, I'm ready. And I know you're ready for something new too. I'm Nikki Freed, an underestimated Floridian like you, and I'm asking you to break the system by electing me the next governor of the state of Florida. She's not the only Democrat who wants to take down Ron DeSantis. According to the state elections office, there are now eight Democrats in the race. Freed and St. Petersburg Congressman Charlie Crist are the big names. Then you have your lesser-known Dems. There's Richard Dembinski of Port Orange, David Freeman of Windermere, Jonathan Carnes of Brandon, Amaro Lionheart of Clearwater, Alexander Lundmark of Vero Beach, and Timothy Mosley of Midway. There are also two candidates with no party affiliation, Kyle Gibson of Tamarack and Frank Hughes of Tallahassee. And while the incumbent governor, Ron DeSantis, appears to be a shoe-in for the GOP nomination, he has drawn opposition from one Republican, John Joseph Mercadante of Miami. The governor celebrates the first day of Pride Month by signing a bill banning transgender kids from playing on the girls' team. Ron DeSantis says they're doing it to protect girls from having to compete against former boys who have transitioned. I can tell you this, in Florida... You know, girls are going to play girls' sports and boys are going to play boys' sports. That's what we're doing, and we're going to make sure that that's the reality. So the bill that we're doing uh, today uh, will ensure fairness uh, for women athletes uh, for years to come in the state of Florida. Um, It says that athletic teams or sports Uh, that are designated for females are open uh, to females. And we're going to go based off biology, not based off ideology when we're doing sports. The bill defines a student's biological sex based on the student's official birth certificate at the time of birth. And as part of the bill we're signing today, we're not only making sure women have opportunities for scholarships and competition at the highest level, we're also putting uh, in statute ways to actually vindicate the rights of any women athletes who may be discriminated against. So moving forward, any student who's deprived of an athletic opportunity as a result of a violation of this law will have the right to civil remedies. Any school or public post-secondary institution that suffers direct or indirect harm as a result of a violation of this bill, including by a governmental entity, accrediting organization, or athletic association, can also pursue civil remedies. Any student who's subject to retaliation as a result of reporting a violation of this bill can also pursue civil remedies. And so we're not just setting uh, a standard, we're also providing ways uh, where that fairness and the equality can be enforced uh, on behalf of our girls and our women athletes. The governor signed the transgender ban at the friendly confines of Trinity Christian School in Jacksonville, which describes itself as a faith-based environment where students can discover and live out their God-driven purpose. None of the girls at Trinity had to compete against a transgender kid in sports, and there hasn't been a problem here in Florida. In fact, DeSantis had to go all the way to Connecticut to find a girl who thought she'd been wronged by having to compete against a transgender student. Her name is Selena Soul. 
Sports have always had separate rules to ensure fairness. Everyone should have the chance to participate in sports, but they need to compete where it's most fair. This isn't about self-expression. This is about our right, a woman's right, to win. I have lost countless opportunities over the past few years. I lost opportunities to compete on world-class tracks and opportunities to win titles. During my junior year, I was denied the chance to compete at the regional New England championships. I missed advancing to the next level of competition in the 55-meter dash by just two spots, two spots that were taken by biological males. It was frustrating, heartbreaking, and demoralizing to be sidelined in my own sport. Female athletes deserve the same opportunity as boys to excel and chase our dreams. Allowing male athletes to compete in girls' sports shatters those dreams and strips away opportunities that so many of us have spent years working to obtain. We must protect the integrity of women's sports. So I decided to take actions. Three of my fellow female athletes and I filed a lawsuit last year with the Alliance Defending Freedom against the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference because girls and women deserve the chance to compete on a fair playing field. The National Collegiate Athletic Association has a policy supporting the opportunity for transgender student-athletes to compete in college sports, and that policy stipulates that only locations where hosts can commit to providing an environment that is safe, healthy, and free of discrimination should be selected. So Florida's new law could cost the state some high-profile tournaments and championships. But DeSantis says he doesn't really care. You know, when this was going on, you heard different things being said about, you know, some of these corporations get all spun up. Uh, some of these organizations say they're not going to hold events if you do this. And just let me say very clearly, in Florida, we're going to do what's right. We'll stand up to corporations. They are not going to dictate the policies in this state. We will stand up to groups like the NCAA who think that they should be able to dictate the policies in different states. Not here, not ever. And so uh, we won't be cowed, uh, we will stand strong. And here's the thing, at the end of the day, if the price of providing opportunities that can last a lifetime for all the girls throughout the state of Florida, for ensuring fair competition for them, if the price of that is that we lose an event or two, you know, I would choose to protect our young girls every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And just what sort of message was the governor trying to send to the LGBT community by signing this bill on the very first day of Pride Month? I can tell you this. In Florida, you know, girls are going to play girls' sports and boys are going to play boys' sports. That's what we're doing. And we're going to make sure that that's the reality. So the bill that we're doing uh, today uh, will ensure fairness uh, for women athletes uh, for years to come in the state of Florida. Um, it says that athletic teams or sports uh, that are designated for females are open uh, to females. And we're going to go based off biology, not based off ideology when we're doing sports. The bill defines a student's biological sex based on the student's official birth certificate at the time of birth. And as part of the bill we're signing today, we're not only making sure women have opportunities for scholarships and competition at the highest level, we're also putting uh, in statute ways to actually vindicate the rights of any women athletes who may be discriminated against. So moving forward, any student who's deprived of an athletic opportunity as a result of a violation of this law will have the right to civil remedies. 
any school or public post-secondary institution that suffers direct or indirect harm as a result of a violation of this bill, including by a governmental entity, accrediting organization, or athletic association can also pursue civil remedies. Any student who's subject to retaliation as a result of reporting a violation of this bill can also pursue civil remedies. And so we're not just setting uh, a standard, we're also providing ways uh, where that fairness and the equality can be enforced uh, on behalf of our girls and our women athletes. Lawmakers who opposed the bill had a very different reaction. Representative Bobby DeBose of Fort Lauderdale says the governor and the GOP are attacking trans kids on the first day of Pride Month to solve a problem that doesn't exist. Representative Fentrice Driscoll of Tampa says Floridians are facing real problems right now, but the governor instead chose to attack and villainize trans children for political gain. Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith of Orlando says DeSantis is fueling transphobia and putting vulnerable kids at risk for no good purpose. And Representative Michelle Rayner of St. Pete says the governor is putting political theater and his political ambitions above the protection of children. There are more than one and a half million military veterans living in Florida, and the CDC says one out of every seven vets over the age of 44 are already experiencing memory problems that could be an early sign of dementia. Veterans may be at higher risk because of their military experiences, like a traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, or being a prisoner of war. All of those factors can increase the risk of developing dementia. The risk also increases as we grow older. So the Alzheimer's Foundation of America has launched a new program called Brain Health Awareness for Veterans. It gives vets and their families information to understand dementia, be proactive about brain health, and learn about services and benefits that can help deal with dementia. Jennifer Reeder is the Director of Educational and Social Services at the Foundation. Dementia is not a disease itself. It's actually a general term, a, an umbrella term that describes a range of symptoms. And impact can be seen in the following areas. Memory, judgment, motor skills, communication, and mood. So when impact is seen in these different areas, it all varies so much on the person as well as the type of dementia, because there are various types of dementia. Um, but all in all, dementia is caused by damage to brain cells. So this damage interferes with the ability of brain cells to communicate normally, thinking, behavior, and feelings can be affected. And unfortunately, at this time, there is no treatment that's currently available to cure dementia or to alter its progressive course, yet there are numerous treatments that are being investigated in various stages of clinical trials. And there are preventative measures that you can take as well that I will talk about. So much, however, can be offered, though, to, to support and improve the lives of individuals with dementia. So according to the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, um, it is estimated that 457,391 U.S. veterans have Alzheimer's disease. And that's only Alzheimer's disease because there are the other types of dementia as well. The important thing to note here is that approximately one-third of new cases among U.S. veterans of Alzheimer's disease is a direct result of service-related injuries and other conditions. This includes traumatic brain injury, successive concussion syndrome, blast-induced neurotrauma, as well as post-traumatic stress disorder. And I'm going to highlight a little bit more about post-traumatic stress disorder because it's different. You know, the, the other... The other types of injuries are physical injuries, things that you can see, where post-traumatic stress disorder is something that you can't see. Uh, it's something that people experience and may not even know that this is what they're experiencing. 
Although there is no known prevention or cure for Alzheimer's disease, a healthy lifestyle can improve overall health and has been found to slow the progression. So that includes eating a nutritious and low glycemic diet, regular exercise and maintaining a healthy weight, especially exercise. They're finding that uh, exercising for at least 30 minutes a day, three to four times a week is extremely helpful because of insulin levels. You know, we talk about the head-heart connection, Uh, reducing stress as best as you possibly can, Uh, keeping the mind active, Uh, you know, even though that they haven't found that it actually slows the progression of the disease, it can just continue to benefit the overall health of oneself. Uh, Watching your blood pressure and cholesterol, keeping an active social life and continuing to broaden your social network. Good sleep is so very important. Uh, Something else too that's not on here is smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes is not good, not good at all. So that's something else that you can learn to to do away with. Uh, Maintaining regular checkups with your healthcare provider. And then annual memory screenings, because annual memory screenings can, can, can give you that baseline on where your memory is at. And, and if, it's, if there's any kind of improvement sometimes, or also uh, if, they're starting to, if they're starting to be an issue, that to talk to a doctor. Charnette Monroe is a clinical psychologist at the Orlando VA. She says they do their best to fulfill the promise Abraham Lincoln made to America's veterans. And I quote, to care for him who shall have borne the battle and his widow and his orphan. So this is a quote from Lincoln, um, and it really highlights the federal government's obligation to care for our veterans. Now, I know there are some people on the line who might have had a bad experience with VA, but I want to say that overall, we're, we're not a perfect system, but we do strive for this ideal on a daily basis. We try to maintain and we try to strive for Lincoln's promise. So VA has an array of benefits and resources that are available for veterans. We have service-connected and non-service-connected compensation, vocational rehabilitation and employment, educational opportunities, healthcare services, caregiver support, and burial and memorial benefits. You know, one thing I want to drive home to you today is that If someone has dementia or some sort of cognitive impairment, it doesn't mean that life stops. Life continues. Uh, People continue to live fruitful lives, meaningful lives, value-filled lives. And so I just want to make sure um, you realize that it doesn't stop once you get a diagnosis. Anne Monroe says one of the most important things you can do to cope with dementia is to change your sleeping habits. Brain health also involves good sleep hygiene and the awareness that poor sleep can have negative effects on you. And so poor sleep, and this is like an ongoing issue, ongoing poor sleep can impact your memory, your thinking, uh, it impacts your mood, your ability to make decisions, uh, your performance, and your overall immune function. And so really good, good sleep really does a body good. Um, Brain health also involves good mental health care and the awareness that chronic stressors, depression, and anxiety can impact brain functioning. And so I encourage you, uh, if you're experiencing any of these, please don't suffer through uh, these um, occurrences alone. Please seek out your mental health providers. Um, Just make sure you just don't suffer through this alone and get some help. 
If you think you or a loved one may have a problem, the first step is diagnosis, and you can do that online in about 10 minutes. Just Google the Alzheimer's Foundation or check out their website at alzfdn.org. Your calendar of events, the Florida Supreme Court meets at 9 to hear arguments in four cases, including a multi-million dollar lawsuit against R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company that involves the death of a man who started smoking at age 12. If the high court sides with Reynolds, this case could make it harder to win a lawsuit against the cigarette makers. The Florida Council on Homelessness meets online at 9. The State Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission meets at 9.30. The Medical Care Advisory Committee meets online at 10. And the Florida Correctional Finance Corporation meets at 2.30 to talk about issuing what are known as Certificates of Participation to finance a mental health treatment facility at Lake Correctional Institution. And finally today, a naked Florida woman who was rescued from an underground storm drain in Delray Beach back in March has been rescued again, this time in Texas. 43-year-old Lindsay Kennedy was at a rehab facility in Grand Prairie when she wandered off, and when police spotted her, she disappeared into a storm drain. Thanks to a tracking app on her cell phone, Kennedy's family was able to ping her last location before entering the underground system, and they dropped bags of food and Gatorade at nearby manholes to sustain her. On Saturday, Kennedy emerged from a six-foot drain pipe and was transported to a nearby hospital under a psychiatric hold. Three months ago, Kennedy was reported missing by her boyfriend in Delray Beach, and three weeks later, she was found naked in a storm drain. Her family says Kennedy suffers from psychosis and post-traumatic stress disorder after being involved for years in an abusive relationship. That's it for this installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 